I didn't do any extracurricular activities at school. Oh yeah, I was re-listening to last week's podcast and how you didn't do any extracurricular. No, I didn't even do Duke of Edinburgh. Why did you do no extracurricular, do you think? Because I thought I was really cool. Welcome to Is This Working? A podcast that questions how modern work impacts our lives. The tools we use to work have changed drastically, but how we work hasn't. In this podcast, we explore how we can make work work better for us. We're your hosts, me, Anna Codrarado. And me, Tiffany Philippou. This show isn't about the future of work. This is about what's happening in work right now. Hi Tiffany. Hi Anna, how are you? I'm great. Well, actually a bit a bit gutted because obviously we missed a week of the podcast. Yes, that was very unfortunate and we won't go on about it too much. I did an Instagram post to explain what happened, but we did want to say thank you to everybody who was really understanding about why we missed uh, last week's episode and we appreciate it. So apologies and thank you. And also on the note of kindness and our wonderful audience, we also wanted to put a shout out and a request for anyone listening who hasn't already, if you could please very kindly leave us an Apple podcast review. The reason, and also share this podcast with anyone that you think would benefit from it. The reason we ask people to review and share the podcast is is basically an algorithm thing. Um, Apple especially, and also Spotify, they favour podcasts that have got um, a lot of reviews. And so, yeah, we're just trying to um, make sure that as many people as possible can find and hear about this podcast. So the more you share and the more you talk about the show, the more people we can reach. So thank you very much. Thank you. And one final piece of admin is we've been hearing a lot from people, which is great. Please keep still getting in touch. But I've noticed that it's not via our email. So let me just flag that we have an official email, which is isthisworkingshow at gmail.com. And we would love to hear any work problems or dilemmas, anything we can dissect for you. So drop us an email. Thank you. We'll also put that in the show notes as well. We sure will. Should we get on with it? Yes, on with the show. Do you work hard, Anna? I think that's actually a very loaded question. (laughs) Right, I won't ask you. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Um, So, yes, I do work hard is the short answer but it's funny because it's something that I've been thinking a lot about recently and particularly how I how differently I work now that I work for myself compared to when I worked staff jobs before and I think the first thing is kind of well what do you even mean by hard work because when I think about hard work I think about how um, I think about sort of difficult work situations that I have to solve and I sort of almost hard work almost has a if hard work were a feeling for me it would be 
like my brain clenching. Um, and that is something that I experience when, so for example, this week I've had quite a hard work week. I've had to deal with a couple of difficult client phone calls and client situations. Um, I had um, a couple of problems I couldn't solve on my own and I had to ask other people for help for. Um, I had to do a piece of writing that I found quite hard. So these are all things that I consider to be hard work. But when I think about it, my 22 year old self the recent graduate in their in her first job thought of hard work as in work that other people could see and um hard work for me was kind of working long hours and uh sort of doing quite a lot just sort of trying to do as much as possible and also connected to that was this idea that other people had to see that I was working hard so I was very conscious of what time I got into the office and what time I left and kind of I guess it's what what I'm talking about is performative work um that kind of work that you do so that someone else can see that you're working um which is also I guess uh what I'm talking about is busyness basically I try to make sure that I was as busy as possible and if someone asked me oh how's it going the answer is always oh I'm so busy I'm so busy and yeah so hard work is um I think it's it it means quite a lot of different things for different people yeah I think for me hard work more means how not how like not how many hours I'm doing but how much I'm doing so that might mean that I'm creating a lot or I'm doing long periods of focused work but I don't see it in the same problem solving way as you've described so having a difficult situation I don't associate that with hard work in the same way as I might if I do um just I don't know almost do a lot of work I guess I suspect more people might see it my way (laughs) yeah no I think they do I think but I think but what you're distinguishing between I think is and I also do I do see this that way as well but you're distinguishing between quality over quantity so you can do a piece of work for a short amount of time and it not necessarily be hard and I really did have that kind of light bulb moment when I started working at home because from the outside to look at what I do it looks quite I guess it looks easy because and I'm I'm literally sat like this right now I'm in my tracksuit um and a hoodie and I have got no makeup on and unwashed hair so it you know I'm the way I'm working you know I'm working at home sometimes I do my work on my sofa it can look like I'm not working particularly hard because I'm in that kind of laid back sort of atmosphere and aesthetic, but I might be working on a really, really difficult piece of writing. So it's that thing where just because you're not working really long hours doesn't mean that you're not working hard. So I think there's like three types of working hard. The first is hard problem solving. What did you say your brain is? Um, that my brain was kind of crunching. Yeah, you're, okay, there's crunching the brain. And then the second type is, it, you know, how I described almost like productive focused work. Um, and that's working hard. So producing a lot actually at quality, as you said. And then the third type is performative busyness, hard work. And I think we agree that solving problems is great. And um having output is great having output that of a high quality is great um but the last one not so much 
the last one not so much but I do think and you know I say this as someone who I that's how I valued hard work for a long time and I don't know I don't think it's just as straightforward as oh, I you know I, I work for myself now I think it's also partly to do with the fact that I'm older or, you know different life stages all those kinds of things but it took me a long time to realize that that wasn't that wasn't the best way to work hard do you find that you struggle with when you don't have a lot of work to do so off periods or when you essentially can't work hard in that kind of busy way does that feel uncomfortable it feels really uncomfortable for two reasons which kind of conflict with each other the first is that I know especially from well especially from doing this podcast and from doing a lot of reading over the kind of last year or so about better ways of working that I know I know the theory that where I'm supposed to have downtime but I really struggle to lean into that and I do feel uncomfortable when I'm don't have anything on and I feel like I need to be doing something and and so a really good example is if I will put things and you know the reality is this this is increasingly becoming something that happens more frequently to me because I have got better at writing my to-do list so I purposefully try not to overstretch myself each day and so if I'll get to I don't know 4 p.m and I've done everything on my to-do list I am really bad at then saying okay well that's it for the day Um, I'll go and do something else I, I still really struggle to pull myself away from my desk and it's that it's that sitting in the discomfort of not having work yeah when I used to manage startup teams both quite seasonal jobs so sales and PR um August and December was there's no point in doing any PR all the journalists were away and I remember my team being really agitated and being really uncomfortable about it and I would kind of be like just or a leave me alone like (laughs) (laughs) come in later just whatever (laughs) but um but more importantly I was like you're gonna need to be on good form uh come September which is really peak season and I think the point of that is just to say that and I obviously get it as well like it's extremely uncomfortable to just sit in the off period and see it as rest and preparation for what's to come and I think that says a lot about how ingrained within us and our self-worth working hard where that all comes from and how connected those two things are yeah no I totally agree um should we then let's dive in a bit more to what this problem really is about do you think it's all about Anna why do we tie our self-worth from working hard well maybe it will come as no surprise to you but my first instinct is to blame capitalism and the man um but I know I do actually think that the work hard narrative is really tied to the capitalist narrative as well because the message and and you know this was the message that I very much felt that our generation was told which is that you know as long as you just work hard everything will be will work out for you it's a meritocracy and work hard is all you need and a good strong work ethic but 
that hasn't actually necessarily panned out for a lot of people um especially people who like us kind of our careers very much started in the shadow of the 2008 financial recession and you can work really hard but things will still go wrong for you and that's not to say that that kind of hasn't always been the case throughout history but you know when I think back to my career I think about how I think about what what I think about is um the way in which I got made redundant and I remember so clearly being told when I was let go that this has nothing to do with you with your quality as a worker it's the constraints of the company and we can't make this work and we're closing on down the department and what essentially was being told to me is the complete counter to the work hard message because I basically was told yeah you worked really hard it still didn't work out for you you still have lost your job I think you're right there's definitely a disillusionment happening about how that narrative is not turning out to be the case for our generation and I think there's a reason that burnout which in our episode we talked about before the key to burnout is disengagement and I think it would make sense to tie that into hold on I was told if I work hard I would be rewarded oh actually I graduated in the recession and that's total bullshit but what is interesting what I'm curious about is how that narrative and all and all the disillusionment means that we are still tying our self-worth to how hard we're working I think that's a really good question because yeah it's very flippant of me just to kind of go around blaming capitalism um it's my mo but the thing is is that the way I see it is that you just start to turn these situations and absorb them all into yourself and when you have evidence that I'm supposed to be working really hard and that is what I'm doing but it's not panning out for me most people don't question the system most people then absorb that as a failing on their own part so again going back to the my situation with my redundancy it could have been really easy for me to think oh my god this really is even though they're saying it's not me is me and you know plenty of people would be very kind of you could understand why they would think that because we've been told that all you have to do is just be a good worker and when you don't see that panning out it's so easy just to blame yourself and there are so many structures around us where there are so many messages encouraging us to do our own self-development and hustle harder and toughen up and all of these messages imply that you have control over it and that you can actually affect and um yeah you can affect your destiny and that you have control over what happens to you and your career and your life when that's not necessarily always the case so i think that's where the kind of link between self-worth and the hard work comes together i think you're right i think a lot of it is to do with control and how we see work as something we can control whereas say dating you you can only do so much to hope that you bump into the right person at the right time and I think it's much more socially acceptable to really see work as a place that you can control but even though that's really irrational like your redundancy example is the perfect example of how that's just not the case but we still have that much far more ingrained than we do in other scenarios um 
But I also think that the role that work plays in our lives has become of increasing importance over time. And we've talked about the concept of workism in the past, which is tying your whole identity and yourself up with um, with your work. And as a, as a side note, capitalism back in the 1930s, um, Keynes promised us more leisure time if capitalism was done in the right way. And it unfortunately has since been corrupted. Uh, which I won't go into now, but something has gone wrong where we've been working more and more hours and harder and harder when A, the original design was for us to work less and less. And do you remember when we went to that event and um, I asked the question, will the industrial revolution brought us the weekend? So why can't AI and tech uh, bring us the four day week? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, they laughed. Everyone Everyone laughed. Everyone laughed at me. And I don't think it was that funny, but that <laughs> um, maybe they don't have cool plans on the weekends like we do. But, um, but but the point is, though, is like that's how ingrained this work hard more and more culture is that people thought it was funny to suggest that you work less. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing is that and, and you, you are right, because, you know, um, you're supposed to be in many ways, we were supposed to be working harder so that when we have time off, we can enjoy it more and and yet that is the other kind of piece of this which it's not that's not really panned out instead what's happened is we've become obsessed with personal development and productivity and what we just try to do is just optimize all aspects of our lives and that extends to it you know we see it play out in our work context so and I am very much guilty of this you know you I'm calendar blocking every single day and I'm bullet journaling this and Pomodoro techniquing that. But then we're also trying to just also optimize our leisure time as well. And there's this kind of, a lot of people have this feeling and I definitely have it that I I feel, I sometimes feel guilty if I'm watching, um, if I'm binge watching friends on TV, I'm, I feel guilty because I think, feel that I'm not optimizing my downtime. I'm not watching a documentary or I don't know, reading a book that's going to enrich me in some way. And it's this kind of, you know, we're not, we're not robots. And yet we try to manipulate ourselves as though we are. I wrote about that in my latest newsletter, the TIFF Weekly, where I wrote that I actually have been watching more TV, the more productive I've been. And I explained that, well, the importance of rest in order to be productive, it's a very simple idea. And I'm a writer and I I cannot read after the end of a writing day, I just can't. And so I have to watch TV and I have to watch things like Friends or whatever. And um, as you say, like that's such an alien concept to people. It feels uncomfortable to admit that. Do you not feel guilty when you're binging friends? Um, no, because I've got that narrative, don't I? So, <laughs> and I know, I know, I know if I've done hard work, I know um, I, that I cannot read on the pages. I feel like it's interesting you talk about guilt, though, because um, Josh um, Cohen, who is the author of a book called Not Working Why We Have to Stop, talks a lot about how. Um, 
the opposite of hard work is seen as laziness and lethargy and a lot of and we have to have those times and be in those states otherwise we can't really exist but unfortunately what happens is a lot of guilt and shame are tied up in those and that's a huge part of the problem so it's interesting that you asked me if I feel guilty because actually probably if I did feel guilty that would send me into a spiral that would make me less productive. Well, and this is what I feel that I suffer from is that I know I'm supposed to be resting. And yet when I'm trying to rest, I'm feeling guilty that essentially I'm not resting in the right way. And it's interesting that you're talking about laziness because I think that's a really key point in all of this because I kind of see hard work and laziness on this sort of, on this kind of tipping scale and people just they see laziness as the opposite of hard work when really you need to be thinking about how rest is a really important part of being able to allow you to work hard and so when we think oh if I'm not working hard then I must therefore be lazy that's not I think that's where the guilt seeps in because actually no you need that that period of downtime so that you can be more productive but because there is also this concept that if you're not working you're lazy it just goes around in the shame spiral exactly and as you say the opposite of hard work is rest it is not laziness and we need to stop seeing it that way um the only thing i'll add about this point in general um is also that what's really interesting about how many hours we're working and how it's increasing the amount of hours and how hard people are working even in the top one percent is increasing so there is definitely something happening where even super privileged people are feeling the need to work really hard to prove themselves and 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 demonstrate self-worth and i think that's really interesting and quite telling about the core of the issue as well yeah and then what happens with what you're just describing is that someone who has been promoted into a managerial position because they feel like they have done their time quote unquote and because they've worked hard that attitude then trickles down to their team members because there's this idea of needing to pay your dues and then if you have a manager who's maybe got to the place where they are because of actually maybe more privileged reasons than hard work but they believe that they're there because of hard work they pass on this message that you have to be working really hard and then their direct direct reports feel that pressure to do the more performative work than maybe being output driven totally so what you're describing is people don't necessarily want to admit the realities of why they are where they are and because they believe that they're there purely out of having worked very hard they then they then expect other people to be seen to be working hard as well and that is kind of a trickle down cycle and I've certainly worked places where people have been like well I've done the time Um, and again that leads to an increase in right at the beginning of the show we talked about that busyness and that need to show that you're working hard within office culture and I think that's a damaging thing. Well, I mean, I think you've just really said it there and you've really hit the nail on the head with what what this problem actually is about. And it's when it's this kind of busyness epidemic and people often are talking about how busy they are and they're feeling really busy. And really what we're doing is we're conflating being busy with a sense of importance. Um, Busy has kind of become this sort of modern status symbol. And what the message is and and this is kind of maybe a bit um flippant of me but 
the message that people are saying when they're talking about how busy they are is they're saying, I'm really busy. I'm really important. I earn loads of money. I am ticking all of the boxes of what are the traditional markers of success. And all of that is kind of coming out of and being in kind of as, as come all the way through this hard work narrative. But I'm crying inside (laughs) and I'm escaping myself. And I'm allowed to say that because I used to be that person. And now I see it in other people. And as you say, like people, people don't know how to exist outside of being really busy and rushing around. And goes without saying it's a really obvious point but on the one hand everyone's obsessed with productivity on the other hand they're obsessed with seeming busy and looking busy but unfortunately if you're rushing around and being busy and doing performative work unsurprisingly that's going to make you less productive yeah and then um you just have that feeling that you're just not good enough and that's that's kind of where things start to really fall apart um because you then sort of ingrain this idea that you're not ticking everything off your to-do list you're not busy enough you're not working hard enough and then all of that suddenly then comes back to you and you just feeling like you're not enough yeah and as we discussed already it's extremely uncomfortable when you're not working hard because working hard has become our comfort state and even a couple of months ago I had an off period like what we've talked about before Uh, I had to wait on some projects wait for feedback it would be stupid of me to start anything new and I found it extremely uncomfortable but the way I dealt with it is I thought of the fields of Glastonbury and how they have to take a year off every so often so the grass can grow back and I literally was saying to myself as I went for really really long walks and tried to enjoy the off time I kept saying you're a field you're a field you're a field at Glastonbury. (laughs) You're having your fallow period I love that I love that um and actually, you know what, that leads us on really nicely to our next section where we're going to talk some more about practical ways that we can reshape our thinking about the hard work narrative. Right, let's challenge that narrative. Well, one of the ways I like to think about all of this is I've kind of got this concept of work slow, play slow, uh, which is obviously in complete opposition to the work hard, play hard. And it's that not only do I want to have easier working days in the sense that I'm trying not to overburden my schedule, but I'm also trying to be more intentional in my leisure time as well. So I'm trying really hard not to feel guilty when I'm binging on um, friends and whatever, but I'm also not overpacking my schedule on the weekends. Um, Maybe this is something that I've ingrained from when I was younger and my dad always used to berate me for burning the candle at both ends, but I'm, I'm trying not to work really, really hard and then have no time for a social life. I'm just trying to do less of everything. Well, not less of everything, but just everything in moderation. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. And I am someone who does spend a lot of time on my own anyway, as a single freelancer. And so it kind of naturally comes to me to not feel kind of busy and overwhelmed. But I love the idea of work slow, um, play slow. What do you think? How can we? So we've talked a bit about self-worth and identity and work. What can we do about that problem? 
Well, I mean, I think this is a really hard one, right? Because what you really need to do is separate your self-worth from what you do. And that is actually, you know, it would be really flippant for me just to say like, oh yeah, well, you know, just stop monetizing your hobbies and focus on what matters in life. But that is kind of what we need to be doing. But it is also a lot harder to to actually put that into practice, especially when, when we live in a society where the second question you ask someone after their name is, what do you do? So, you know, one exercise you can do, I've, I've, I know a few people who try this, that if they're in a small talk situation, they purposefully don't ask that person in front of them what they do. They ask them something like, what have you done recently that's excited you? Or, you know, they, they, they are some other questions to get them talking about things that are beyond their work. And so that we don't just frame everyone by their jobs. And I think it's just kind of being conscious of that and figuring out ways that work for you where you can develop an identity that is outside of your career. Yeah. And I think on that theme as well, I think if you are constantly busy and frightened of stopping, it's probably worth thinking a little bit about what you're hiding or running away from. And also just be aware that you're t- if you're putting your whole self into your work and particularly if it's work that you don't actually have that much control over. So if you're not an entrepreneur, essentially, then you're running very da- dangerous territory. So just kind of trying to be aware of what's going on here, where you're putting your whole self into not just something else, but also someone else as well. So... It's something that I've been thinking a lot about recently because we talk about people who work for themselves and people who work for others. But actually, I believe that everyone works for themselves because I might be sat in a, in an office um, and yes, obviously I have to listen to what my boss says and I have to kind of respect the company's values, but I also have my own values. And, you know, I love this. There's a saying that no one cares as much about your career as you do. And I really love that saying um, because it's true. And I think that, you know, we need to be thinking a lot more about kind of making sure we're doing things that actually make sense for us and upholding, you know, listening to and upholding our own values, even when they might be coming up against our company or, you know, the environment around us. Yeah. And I think the other thing as well is to try to just not feel guilty when you're taking time off and to see time off as part of the productivity process and to when you hear that guilt or indeed shame, it's not laziness. It's that you have to do it. You have to stop. And I think that as well, the reality is you can only really do a few hours of meaningful work every day anyway. So we are not machines or robots and, you know, enjoy that Friends episode. (laughs) Thank you very much, Tiffany. I feel like you're giving me permission to end this episode and go and binge on some Friends. (laughs) 